10 to 12, which is pages 1,217. Page 1,217. Concerning this salvation, the prophets, who spoke of the grace that was to come you, searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Uh, beautiful prayer to Emma, thank you very much. I love these all-age services, so much capacity for things to go wrong. That's about to continue. Um, we're going to get set up. Boys and girls, if you want to turn around, sit on the carpet and face me. And if anyone else wants to come and join me at the front, that would be wonderful. Lovely. It's great to see that we believe in recycling at Christchurch because we've got the big banner that we had out of the front of church a while back, so we're making use of that, even though it's plastic. <laughs> um, boys and girls, grown-ups, do you ever look at friends, those around, and think, oh, if only I've got what they've got? That bike or that phone, that job, that holiday, whatever it is. I know I do that. But what if we've got something that is so special that other people who are great people, they look at us and they think, oh, I wish, if only. And yet we don't quite understand what it is that we've got that's so special that they haven't. Well, some of you, most of you, all of us will know who this is. I know some people were away in Paris last week having fun with him. But not all of us will know who this is. See, this lady's name is Thelma Howard. And she was Walt Disney's housemaid. Walt Disney was the uh, man that created the Disney Empire. Now, every year, as a gift, Walt would give Thelma a piece of paper. Every year, Thelma would say, thank you, stick it in a drawer, and forget about it. Now, when she died, and they were going through her belongings, they found all these bits of paper, which were shares in the Disney empire. You see, Thelma was a multi-millionaire. She had loads of money. And yet she never knew. Just think what she could have done with all that money. She could have spent it on herself, on clothes, on holidays, or she could have spent it on others, uh, giving it away, giving it to charity. She could have even built a hospital. She had something which was so special and valuable 
and yet she never knew. Well, if you love and follow Jesus this morning, Peter wants us to know that what we've got uh, in the gospel is of such value, the privilege of knowing what we've been told. He doesn't want us to be a Thelma. And he writes to encourage, to challenge, and to reassure us in this letter. So you could say, Christchurch, what you got, well, you've got the lot. Right, let's dive in uh, with the verses that uh, Emma read so beautifully for us. Peter writes, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. So prophets were men and women who lived hundreds of years ago and their job was to uh, pass on God's words to God's people to help them to understand how to live well in friendship with God and friendship with one another and to warn them when they weren't living this way. Now, we're going to take as an example the prophet Isaiah And I think he's a good choice because if we carry on reading the letter, we'll see in chapter 2, Peter quoting Isaiah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to draw him, uh, and I've had a little bit of help yesterday. So I guess Isaiah had some hair, didn't he? So here's his hair. And he probably had a beard because they didn't have big razors in those days. I'm sure he had a nose and eyes and a mouth, and he had a hand... And he had a hand down here. And Isaiah's job, what did we say? It was to take God's words. And well, here we have some of God's words. Let me stick these up. We'll put them on the screen at the same time. And his job was to take God's words and to speak them. What do you think this is down here? all these circles what do you think they are people that's right listening to what uh, Isaiah was teaching them and he wrote these uh, here's some verses from um, Isaiah let's go on to the next slide so Isaiah wrote he was hated and rejected by people he took our suffering on him he was wounded he was crushed for the wrong and evil things we did he was led like a lamb being, being led to be killed. He was quiet. He never opened his mouth. He will suffer, but then he will see life. For this reason, I will make him great among people. Looking at our verses on, on the screen and here, we can see that Isaiah is writing about suffering. So let me write suffering up here. That's the first half. And he's also writing about glory. That was to follow. And if you want a good summary of the gospel, you could do a lot worse than taking suffering and glory. A great summary of the good news of Jesus. But poor old Isaiah, 
He'd been given so much. He was so lucky with the job he had. And yet, he wasn't told the name of this one who was going to suffer. So he just kept calling him he, he, he. He didn't know how this he was going to suffer. He didn't know the glory that was to follow. And even though he tried to, if he had sort of some binoculars, they're like binoculars, aren't they? Yes. (laughs) If he tried to peer into the future to see what it was he was writing about, well, we're told he searched intently and with great care, trying to understand the Messiah's name, trying to understand this Messiah's life story. But it wasn't his job to know. He had to be content that he wasn't serving himself or his generation. No, he was serving future generations, even you and me this morning. Well, moving on, about 700 years after Isaiah lived and wrote these words, which he didn't fully understand about how God was going to act in the future, about this Messiah who was to come, well, a man called Jesus was born. And he was unlike anyone else who had been born before. And soon, people began to sit up and take notice and follow him because of what he said and what he did. And those people, you know, who knew their Bibles, they began to make the link and they began to think, could this Jesus, who lived 700 years after Isaiah lived, could he be the one that Isaiah was talking about uh, back here? Well, all doubt was removed by what happened next. You see, people then were like people today. You couldn't really make this up, but it's true. But on our own, we're actually not interested in God. So back then, with this Jesus, they killed him. They strung him up on a cross. And there's the cross there. But you know... Jesus suffered terribly in life, yes, but much more in death. But of course, we can't kill God. We can't get rid of God. So three days later, they discovered his tomb where they'd laid his body was empty. Let me draw it for us. So here's the big big stone. There's the opening of it. And as they went and they looked to find his dead body and do the things they used to do in those days. They peered into the tomb, they went into the tomb, and they found that it was empty. You see, Jesus had risen from the grave. He'd risen to conquer death and ascend, to go up into heaven. So can you see the sufferings and the glories that Isaiah was talking about way back then, coming to to life, coming true in the life of this man called Jesus. You see, great Isaiah, he would have given his back teeth, his right arm, his football shirt signed by Frank Lampard, 
to know this story here. But he didn't. He had to be content that his job was something different. Well, the story moves on, doesn't it, in our passage? You see, again, uh, by the help of the Spirit, God gave words, here we are, to um, people who lived, who had seen Jesus live, seen Jesus die. They'd maybe not seen, but they'd heard the story and they'd believed the story and they were changed by the story. So they started to preach and to tell people what these words were. Let me stick the words up there. We'll stick the words back up on the screen. So here we've got a person. This time they've got curly hair. Nose, eyes, mouth. And what are they doing? Well, they're doing... They're pointing back to the story of Jesus, telling people who lived then, proclaiming... Do a big speech bubble, shall we? And they said to the people then... Jesus was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. You put him to death by nailing him to a cross, but God raised him because it was impossible for death to keep a hold of him. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus both Lord and Messiah. And this wonderful story about the grace that Isaiah spoke about that was to come, the suffering and glory, well, it was told 2,000 years ago, immediately after Jesus had lived and died, and it continues to be told today, here this morning, to men and women, boys and girls, and it will continue being told until Jesus returns, as he promises to do. Well, a couple of things as we finish. See, this screen here isn't just useful for me to scribble on. It actually represents a barrier between what we can see and know in this side of it and what we can't see and can't know the other side of it. Because as we meet now, there is another world going on, far more real than this world is. Can you believe that? And who is at work in that world? Well, Where did those words come from? They came from behind the screen. This passage is full of the Spirit. It was the Spirit of Jesus who gave Isaiah his words. It was the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who put the words into the mouth of the people in Peter's day. And this morning we pray that it will be the Holy Spirit speaking through me to encourage and challenge to build us as a church. So that's the first thing to say. The second thing to say is that we've got a couple of people that we haven't mentioned. Does anyone know who those people might be? Anyone see anything? Noah? Those things at the top of it. That's a good description, things, because that's the only bit of this that I drew. And they're supposed to be angels. (laughs) And they are open-mouthed. Their eyes are sticking out on stalks because they would love to have seen and known 
this story here because they, angels and messengers, they live the other side of the curtain uh, where Jesus is seen and known to be king. Uh, In our world, that's not the case, is it? And just as Isaiah longed to know this story of Jesus, who he was and how he was to live and live and save, so the angels too. So can you begin to see, Christchurch, how wonderfully privileged we are? See, Christchurch, what do you got? You've got the lot. We've got the whole story. We've got the name of the Saviour. We've got the story of the cross and the empty tomb. We are so lucky. So three things. Uh, What are we going to do with this? Well, for those of us who know and love Jesus this morning, uh, be encouraged that what we've got, the story we've got, is rooted in history way back, hundreds, thousands of years ago, foretold. We've got to be a thankful people, haven't we? How thankful we must be. If Isaiah, great Isaiah and angels would love to know what we know, well, how we must be thankful for that. And we've got to be challenged too. What are we going to do with this story? Are we going to keep it for ourselves? Are we going to be like they were in Peter's day, telling friends, telling others, passing it on? And I think it's good to know that we've got to know our Old Testament, haven't we? Because it was here that they began to make the link. Ah, could this be what Isaiah was talking about? And if you're here this morning and you don't yet know and love the Lord Jesus, well, I want to say to you, don't miss out. You see, being part of this story is the most wonderful adventure we could ever know. I love living for Jesus. It is an adventure, and I only want to live an adventure. I don't want my life to be boring. So if you don't yet, if you're not yet part of this story, then know that you, with the help of the Spirit, can write yourself in. Come and grab me afterwards, and I would love to say more. Uh, You have listened wonderfully. Hard truths, wonderful truths, terrible drawing. Thank you to Justin for helping me yesterday. Uh, Let me lead us in a prayer, and then we will sing again. Uh, Even angels long to look into these things. Uh, Father, I fear that uh, knowing Jesus' name, uh, knowing his story of salvation, uh, we can sometimes take that for granted. We can be a bit of a Thelma, uh, not quite understanding and knowing what we've got. So, Father, please, by your spirit today, would you change us? Would you... Uh, Give us that joy and excitement that we need to live the adventure that you would have us live. Uh, We need your help to do this, Father. Thank you that you delight to give your spirit to those that ask. And we pray in his name and to your glory. Amen. Brilliant. You've listened really well. We'll get the band back up and we'll sing again. Thank you.